Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Fro Show. My name is Frank Mankin, and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Joe Murray. Hello. Hello, Joe. And we are joined by two beautiful guests. The first time we've ever had two guests on the show, Woo-hoo. which is a little bit exciting. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Well, yes. Hi, I'm Matthew King. Um, yeah, that's my name. Awesome. Um, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm Mitch Hughes. Nice to meet you. Welcome, welcome. Um, so, welcome to the show. Two two guests. That's uh, that's wow. Okay, I feel yeah. special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we, we feel special. I mean, <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, you guys have a, a film coming out soon. That's why you're here, really. Um, the so only reason we're here. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Here for us. Yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about, about the general synopsis of the film and then, you know, we can dive a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah. no, awesome. Go for it, Mr. Director Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, basically, the story is about a princess and her brother um, living in this old, it's a fictional kingdom, um, but living back in the day, just having a, a nice old life until something happens. Ooh. <laughs> um, but essentially, it's just a kingdom in turmoil and in the middle of it, it's just these two siblings trying to make a point to their father about who they want to be in society and the kind of, like, Trying to break out of their predefined roles in there, so that's pretty much the story. Yeah, mm. a little yeah. medieval, a, not, a nice little, story. a nice little short story that kind of revolves around like defined gender roles and you know the stereotypes and all that kind of stuff, and trying to break free of that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. awesome. And how long have you guys been working on it? <laughs> oh, uh, well, a full year for me though. It's been since like the end of last year. Yeah, um, or even like mid through last year because there was another film I was actually a cinematographer for and while I was working on that I was talking with some of the crew members and be like you know wouldn't it be funny if we try to do a medieval film at this uni the one thing they say never works at a freaking a uni thing and they're like yeah that'd be fun <laughs> uh, and he, yeah here we are at the end of this year and yeah I, rem- I remember him coming to me like I think it was November of last year and he's like hey I'm thinking about doing a film like for graduate graduation project. Do you want to join me? I'm like, yeah, sure. What are you thinking? He's like, medieval, and immediately ten different alarm bells started ringing. <laughs> in my head. I was like, huh. Queensland. And I thought about it for a little more, and I was like, but if we actually managed to pull this off, imagine what people would think. And mm. from that point, I was kind of hooked. And from there, we just kept kind of, wasn't it? We just kept going up the people we knew. People we knew were good in our oh, cohort, yeah. Yeah. and just dragging whoever we could get our hands on the good ones to yeah. kind of mash yeah. us up. And we picked the crew well. We had one of the, I think, probably one of the best crews ever. Mm. Like, they just toughed through so much. And I feel like where some other crew members might crumble, they, like, went through it. They were, like, a really good film crew. Yeah. What, why, like, why did those alarm bells start ringing straight away for you? Uh, <laughs> like, I, well, I think I have a, a good, kind of an idea, but yeah. I want to hear it from your man. Producer, <laughs> just a brain yeah. here to yeah. think about all the problems. Because, yeah, literally. Because we don't produce. Like, no. yeah. <laughs> we're well, him. <laughs> for me, it was a few things. It was the um, <clears throat> the first thing, which was one of our main problems in the pre-production phase. It was locations. Yeah. The first alarm bell was, we're trying to do medieval, like, Europe, because that's where we were setting it, like, European kind of medieval mm. in Brisbane. <laughs> yeah. And we're not really known very well from that. <laughs> so it took quite a bit of problem solving and about five different people just to get one location that actually wow. kind of fit the theme and worked with what we were trying to do. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, once we got that first one, kind of like a domino effect, they all started kind of getting into it. They started fitting in. People that knew other people were putting forth ideas going, hey, contact them, contact this place. And after a while, we found, I think it was, how many locations? Three or four? I don't know. But I think it was yeah, three, that three decently uh, manageable locations that we were able to with the help of our amazing, like, 
uh, production design team mm. able to like pretty up and kind of turn that into something that we could use yeah. for the film. A- yeah. As we expected, it's not easy finding anything medieval looking in Queensland. So no. We're pulling our hair out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should probably mention, by the way, the name of the film is Henrietta, for anyone wondering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> um, but yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, because... Obviously, because it was a uni project, it was um, our <laughs> third year, like, final film. This was what was going to make us and put us out into the industry. Yeah. We're obviously given, like, a set time limit of, to do certain things. Yeah. And how many months did we blow by the location lockdown point? <laughs> I think I, it was probably the week before shooting. We still had one location we needed to lock in. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so. we had to start digging through all the locations. We kind of... I guess you could say you kind of put on the it's not going to work list. Yeah, the yeah. back burner. And the back burner list. And I found one that the production designer kind of vetoed. And uh, and I was like, oh, I mean, it could work. And we managed to make it work. It was uh, Fort Lytton, really nice stone location. Got to utilise a lot of the stone walls and stuff and really just hang stuff up, make it look like the inside of castle walls. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that, actually, that might actually be like about four days before shooting, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> we, um, oh, or, originally, it was meant to be two months before uh, our first set of filming because we got two lots, yeah. uh, one for our proof of concept where we got to test everything we were putting together and see how it worked, and then our second one, which was our actual, like, mm. this is the footage we're using. Yeah. It wasn't, for, it wasn't for a lack of trying, though, because we spent that whole last oh. week before, like, in a room, just, like, looking up different places, trying to contact different people. Yeah. No one was interested in helping. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, we just managed by, like, the skin of our teeth, thanks to Matthew's mother, actually, we managed mm. to find the location for our proof of concept, yeah. which was this nice little uh, stone, like, crumbling house oh, yeah. up in Moor. Mm. White kind of brick walls that we were able to kind of clear out the room put in our props and it actually works very well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as you can see with the film, if you want to come watch it. Um, <laughs> and after that, we wanted to keep using that because we got such good feedback. Everyone yeah. was saying the location and the design we used were absolutely phenomenal. Mm. So we were like, okay, lock that in. We're not going to be trying to find a different place when we've done so well here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then trying to find these other locations, it still took us, like Matt said, until the week before our official filming wow. to actually find and lock in these locations. And it was just a very stressful time because we had, like I said, four to five different people on it at all times, constantly calling emails. We tried maybe, would you say, about 20 different churches in the Queensland area. Yeah. This more place is like a historical Australian colonial era type building. Yeah. So some of the stonework kind of worked in our favour. So. And luckily the owners there were very lovely. Lovely people. They gave us obviously some ground rules. Don't touch the walls. Don't nail <laughs> anything in. Yeah. Obviously yeah. abided you know by what? that. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it they said when we first went out that they're like, you know, you can nail stuff in the walls, but know that it's about uh, $20,000 for like a small chip off the wall. And we were like, <clears throat> Whoa. yeah, we're going to very carefully avoid that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. not do that. Mm. Yeah, well. <laughs> so after all that production design was done, mm. um, how much did you end up filling in later or like fixing up in post with VFX and things like that? Mm. Or was it mostly um, like on set? In terms of like the design yeah. and the structure? Yeah. Uh, well, a production design team did a really nice job addressing the sets. Yeah. So uh, there's maybe some spots where we thought the walls didn't were a bit empty. Um, we kind of had a, the VFX guy go in and like add in a few different bit of wall hangings and stuff. Yeah, but that I, was only for like like one scene. Yeah, and I, maybe another scene where a sign was there when it shouldn't have been, and we had to get rid of <laughs> yeah. that. 
But um, yeah, as far as we're aware, we tried to do it very practically. The actual yeah, wow. yeah production design itself was mostly all handmade. Like you said, I think it was just yeah from memory serves because I've had to rewatch it a few times lately. It's mm. one painting <coughs> in one scene, and then the sign in the other scene, and that was it. The rest of it was all stuff yeah. done on set. That's and really impressive. Some, some locations were a bit more modern looking than we would have wanted, but I think we did a pretty good job at kind of shooting it in a way where we, you won't notice it, hopefully. Yeah. Um, we don't want to break your immersion when watching it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I believe our cinematographer used angles well enough to kind of map out yeah, what absolutely. would be the modernised world around it. Yeah. Mm. Clive but De Silva, very talented DOP. Absolutely. Totally recommend him for any work. Sorry, I'm not plugging him or anything. You can plug whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. kind of the whole point of his show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just no. pull out the list of crew, we'll plug everyone. <laughs> yeah, genuinely, if you want to plug people, feel free. Should have brought yeah. a medieval scroll to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Bring some props, bring the swords. Yeah. <laughs> How big was the production design mm. crew? Like, oh. it sounds. Oh. We probably, I think we had the biggest. For obvious reasons, um, oh, I don't. Know. I think the May, the Minotaur maze, might have actually oh, yeah. topped us out. But that's only because that was uh, there was one. All of us were obviously one camera short films, like drama comedies, all that kind of stuff. Mm. There was one crew mm. um, called the Maze and the Minotaur who decided to do like a live TV studio thing. Oh wow! Oh. And that actually, like, no offense to them, we we love them, love them all, but. That's actually where a lot of resources actually went in the beginning. Right. <laughs> because with a TV studio, they needed three directors. I believe it was five DOPs. Oh, wow. They wow. needed a lot of crew. So it kind of like yeah. ate up. So that was a, a live studio thing. So doing live switching and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So oh, there was wow, all okay. these like extra, re- extra people kind of going. And we found that across all the other films, like some of our teachers were saying this, like some of us were missing uh, heads of department, which you very much need when you're doing a project this big. And yeah. To be missing that, it kind of messed with some of us a little. Yeah. I know that me personally, I didn't have a production manager with me. So yeah. I had no one who could at all times be focusing on the budget and keeping an eye on that. Yeah. So there were a few times where I accidentally let the budget slip a little bit and we got... But you talk. handled it very well considering you were doing two people's job. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. thank you for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's how it goes, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's going to happen. But you did amazing work considering that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, our production designer, meanwhile, was just kind of sitting there like, <laughs> I've got no one. Um, but we, we managed to source like a whole bunch of first and second years who were very interested in working on the film. Mm. And uh, they could have fooled me. They did not come across as first and second years. They were very resourceful, <laughs> very... They just cared about what they do, which I suppose you want that if you go into uni. Mm. Um, but we had a very passionate um, art crew that just... Mm. I think put probably more effort than they sh- probably should have into it. I mean, yeah. uh, it's appreciated, but it's like they put <laughs> a lot of work in and you can, I think when you watch the film, I think you'll be able to see all the little intricacies with the, the production design and all the little cute stuff they've added. Like there was, there's some things you won't see in the film they try to do. Like Henrietta, the main character, she's got like a little uh, war map where she's like um, emulating her father's war map from the film. And she's got like all her dolls and stuff to try and replicate, like copy her father. Unfortunately, that wasn't able to make it into the film. Yeah. But like, that's the level of work that went wow. into the production design. Just mm. that, just meticulous, like little details. Yeah, and yeah, like me giving them like... the characters and them trying to like come up with different like things they would have and stuff. And like, yeah, no, it was mm. like to give you an idea, it was basically about three to five cars full wow. worth of props <laughs> yeah. that the art department was shipping in and out of each set moving things along, kind mm. of divvying up what needed to be done. I think, again, for first and second years, 
plus their designer who was one of our third years. Yeah. They did an absolute phenomenal job. They got in. They didn't muck around it, despite it basically being their first set because mm-hmm. they still were in the whole um, paperwork phase. They weren't actually on set before what they did with us. Yeah, wow. So for them to come on set for the first time mm-hmm. and just immediately crack on, take directions well from our production designer, mm-hmm. I think they actually managed to do quite a lot and actually we should be very proud of that. Yeah, that's a new yeah. thing too, isn't it? Because ever since COVID came along, they've been doing things a lot differently at yeah. the uni now. Yeah, they had a... um. They had a uh, shift in the schedules where we used to get 12 weeks and then all the subjects were done at the same time. They get four weeks of intensive subjects, yeah. so one at a time. And they were still doing that and then coming to film sets from wow. uh, like three in the afternoon yeah. to three in the morning. Like but they I mean, were it, looks, it looks great on like their, their resume and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So was this the biggest production that you guys have been a part of? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a bit <laughs> was, there, was there anything that like up. took you by surprise? Uh, the amount of burnt burnout I felt, yeah, like through yeah. the middle of the year, <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I I was prepared for it. I mean, I was pre- I knew it was going to come. I just didn't know how early it was going to come. Yeah, uh, that that took me off guard. Yeah, yeah and wow. like, how did you work through that? Because that's like it happens all the time to a lot of creatives. Mm. Like, they get so deep in a project that they don't really realize quite how much energy that they're, they're putting into it yeah so what was your process like once you like real how did you realize that like how did you work through that well i mean probably yeah okay i'll talk about it yeah um i think there was definitely towards um riling up to the to production um i think that definitely got the better of me i mm-hmm. my energy just kind of um and there were certain things that I kind of didn't get done like as soon as I should have, and it kind of slowed production down in quite a few places. And I still regret that a lot. Um, yeah. Feel a lot of remorse for that because yeah, it was putting other people's jobs in jeopardy. But um, that that that's pretty much what I learned from that. Um, how I got through that was just perseverance. Yeah. Um, just like okay, well I've screwed up. I've got to try and work hard and just like. Do all this work, like, yeah, yeah, anyway, like a lot quicker than I should have, but it's all about scheduling with me and doing that on time. But no, I had an amazing crew. They were very understanding and they helped me through it. Mm. Um, There's a lot of moral support around. Oh, yeah, well. absolutely. We had about like five different people where we would all come in, sit down, because he was um, also the script writer as well as the director. Yeah. Mm. So obviously doing those two different jobs, having to focus on the shots and the yeah. script itself, yeah. a bit much for him. So we came in sat down with him and we just kind of he we just constantly gave him opinions yeah. kind of pointed out things that we didn't think make sense and yeah. helped him and kind I'm not going to pretend to be an amazing writer I felt my main area of expertise directing that's where yeah. I, that's that's where I thrive on set I just I don't know why I'm always smiling on set I mean sometimes when I'm not looking serious <laughs> uh, but I, I, I just enjoy seri- I don't remember yeah. you being serious at all on set I'm going to be completely honest <laughs> yeah I was pretty giggly the whole time wasn't I yeah, considering the stress very, very happy just to be in the moment once you got on set yeah mm. yeah but uh, no uh, I worked with someone called Anastasia Adair she's um, she, she actually helped me with a lot of the script writing I'm planning on working with her in future with other films it's really good to have someone that's just like their main passions writing yeah. because when you're the director and you're trying to write for, uh, for filming, it's like you can just kind of get lost in the, I don't know what to call it, the bureaucracy, bureaucracy of writing. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. It's not <laughs> quite word, the word I'm looking for. But uh, yeah, I just don't really enjoy the writing phase as much. I get an idea in my head, but getting it on paper is really hard yeah. um, for me anyway. But yeah. that's why I'm planning to team up with the writers in future. So. Yes. 
That's yeah. smart. Awesome. That's interesting. That's a big difference to what well, because we had a friend of mine, Sam, on the show a mm. couple of weeks ago, mm. and he's a writer director, so Ooh. he directs mm. everything, writes everything himself, okay. right? wow, and okay. then obviously hires like cinematographers and DPs. Or whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it's interesting to hear your perspective on that. So mm. you'd rather just get the idea, get someone else to write it, and then direct. I, I wouldn't say get someone else to write it because I. I get a vision in my head and I got a pretty clear idea of the messages and feelings I want to get across. And I would usually want to be in the writer's room when that's happening. Yeah. It's just, I can really struggle sometimes, especially with dialogue just to get the, um, just the, the story to come out naturally and organically and yeah. come out how it should for a script. You know, um, I wouldn't say I'm as experienced as I should be in script writing as some other people would be. Um, <clears throat> so I guess more like you'd like to, be in the room, give yeah. them the building blocks and let them kind of string the words around it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Have you written or directed your own script before this film? Oh, gosh. I think uh, this, I should probably say this is probably the first time I've properly just done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like a big, big deal. It's like a big 15-minute film written, directed. It's my first time properly doing that. Probably uh, the, f- the first one with like a sizable budget, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think I maybe directed a few things in the past, but I don't think it was anything too big or yeah. anything to be I've proud definitely of. directed a few things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I think this is the first big thing I've actually written and directed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, on the, on the topic of directing, <laughs> what's the, l- let's go all the way back. What was the mm. first thing that you directed slash like what's the first film that you made oh gosh i can t- i can talk about mine if you if you, I, I mean <laughs> you I, i'm just thinking about it i was like wondering like i could send it to you guys and put on the show but now, it's too embarrassing. now remember kids may watch this oh yes so probably not no okay <laughs> i think the first big like the first thing i actually did with some friends um some of you guys might know i'm from school calvin yeah yeah um we made a film about Slenderman. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally just a found footage film of us with like some little handheld like cameras just running through the forest. Like, <gasps> He's here. It's like flashlights and it's like, it's, fan- it's me just, run- we're all playing like the characters and yeah. we're all holding, taking turns with the camera. Um, no, it was dreadful. Yeah. Uh, I think the second one we did was about a, an alien probing us. <laughs> and then the last one we ever did and probably for good reason we needed that break, was just a parkour video. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. intentionally being bad at parkour. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah. like, yeah, that's that was like pre-graduation. Yeah. Um, oh, and I then would, I went I to... I would love yeah. to see the Slenderman <laughs> one. Absolutely. That's the one I can't track down. I was able to find the others, but my friend just deleted that one. He like yeah. salted it off the face Gone. of the planet. No idea like, how I disappointed I am now. I know. Yeah. I keep on asking for it and he's like, mate, you're never going to find it. It's gone. <laughs> Well, my first short film ever was mm. also a found footage yeah. film. It always is. That was, it? It's always like, yeah, I've got a Sony Handycam, like I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, what was yours about? Mine was mine was uh, written by me, so Ooh. it was not based on any current IP. And I also did my first ever day to night in uh, in that, so that was a bit exciting. It was terrible, but I tried. I did my best. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I had like this really cheap like Big W drone like the plastic ones that have like mm. the, the 480p camera. Yeah. They had like one drone tracking shot that I couldn't check at all until I got to the computer. <laughs> so I just like did a, did a bunch of takes of the same shot and was hoping it was right. And it was like grainy and gross because all the rest of the footage was like 720 and it was like, oh, it was no. terrible. We had a great time. It was fun. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Well, you're talking about like, like an actual like flying drone, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I've tried using drones for filming before, and maybe I just wasn't using the right drone, but the footage never turns out that nice for me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just got to get more experiences filming it, it, drones. Yeah, like, it I really just, depends on the drone. I really mm. just refuse to put drone controls in my hands because it just never ends well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. The last time I had drone controls in my hand, it was um, a second year assessment and my friend had this like $1,000 drone. Ooh. We're flying it over a dam. Oh no. Oh. And he goes, mate, you want to give it a go? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll give it a try. He puts it in my hands and it immediately starts nosediving. And I'm like, I thrust it back towards his hands. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And he luckily got it under control. But oh, I was like, no. I'm not risking that. Yep. Hell oh, to the no. Man. That's it. Oh, that's terrifying. You haven't yeah. told us what one of your first films were yet because yeah. I'm, I'm oh, keen to no. hear yeah, this. Here we go. <laughs> I haven't heard this yet. Uh, oh, I don't even know, actually, because. <laughs> oh, anything you're involved in, really. Yes, because for me, it's been an interesting kind of pathway since high school. Because mm. in high oh, school, yeah. I really didn't have a direction. Yeah. I was just mm. getting through. I wanted to get to the end of it. Yeah. Once I got to the end of it, I decided to enroll in um, a diploma <coughs> of animation. Mm-hmm. And that was like a cool. year. Went and did that. You got to learn all the VFX, did a bit of green screening, um, but never made any films. Mm. And then on, and then once that was over, we're like, do I want to keep going with animation? Do I want to switch over to main like films? And as much as I loved animation, I could kind of feel the pull more towards like kind of like actual TV shows and the movies and yep. all that kind of stuff. And so I decided to drive over to film. The way you tell the story was like you accidentally plopped into film. It was like, oh, I'm here now. Whoops. Well, it, it, <laughs> it kind of was because there was a point. There was, I think, the first couple of months. No, sorry. The first day <laughs> of year one. <laughs> I have no idea why. I don't understand how I got it into my head, but I thought I was enrolled into the Bachelor of Animation. So oh, I thought uh, you meant, I thought you uh, meant I like you're school. going all the way back to grade oh, no. one. You're like, I remember <laughs> 2004. 2004, it was a good year. <laughs> my baby teeth were just coming in. <laughs> I picked up Flubber on VHS. <laughs> it really defined my personality. Wait, I have Flubber over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Don't hey, sorry, carry on. <laughs> your first year of uni. Yeah. Year of uh, uni. I don't I don't know what got into my head, but I thought I was in the animation degree, so I just rocked up to there like O'Day and they're telling me where all the different buildings are and I'm like, This sounds right, but something feels off. And then the next week I started getting emails and they're like, Mitch, why aren't you in classes? And I'm like I am What? <laughs> I, huh? And yeah, no, it turns out I missed an entire orientation. I had to go back and get someone to kind of show me through all the different buildings again and show me where the right rooms were. <laughs> uh, that was a fun week. Um, but first film, I really, I can't put my mind on it. First proper film, because obviously we did a bunch of assessments where it was like little short videos. Yeah. We'll film it with your friends. Make an abstract film that makes you feel happy. Yeah, I, I did do <laughs> like this little sound design. 30 second like horror film thing. If that, I could consider that counts. That, that, absolutely that counts. counts, yeah. If so, it's genre, it counts. If it's genre, oh God. <laughs> yeah, so that that was great. Um, so oh, yeah, fan I went stuff. into, uh, I have a little forest next to my house. I went into the forest with about three friends. 
uh, I pulled <laughs> out. I don't know if any of you watch anime, but I pulled out a Ken Carnegie mask. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but it know. sounds it's like weeb stuff. It, <laughs> it is intense weeb stuff. Um, I put that on myself, and we just filmed basically this cannibal in the woods thing where they chase oh. someone down. And it's Did no one like question the anime mask? No one questioned it. <laughs> wow. The anime That's mask, all the little blood capsules that I just had. No, co- no <laughs> copyright <laughs> issues as far as we knew? No, uh, n- none yet. It might have some <laughs> pending when I get home. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. We'll, we'll see. Oh, uh, but yeah, that probably... Because it was like completely silent too, besides like a backing track. Yeah. So, so that, counts. that counts. That, that definitely counts. counts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't want that being my... But you know what? You forgot sound design, so... Oh. We certainly did not forget sound design for our film. Ah. Mm. Um, As a matter of fact, he's still We're he's still, still working on the sound design. <laughs> really? yeah. um, we, we had the opportunity to still work on the sound for our film, yeah, and we're still doing the music. Well, actually, the music's supposed to be finalised tonight. So oh, that's mm. exciting. It's, the music's now better and improved, as well as the sound design, so... Yeah, nice way to little segue there. Back yeah. to uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but we did not forget about sound. Sound is was, very important because it was at a good, at a good level. Like we were happy with what we had when we submitted it, mm. but we Matt- handed a version into the uni, and we felt like there were still things we wanted to improve mm. and make perfect for when everyone else sees it at the big yeah. screen. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's what we because mm. the the common thing with uh, our grad festivals, is, <coughs> uh, fa- no, our grad films, <laughs> is that um, once we're done with it. Uh, some groups in obviously past years, they just drop their film. Like yeah. they've done the assessment, it's all done. Yeah. What the university encourages you to do is actually take your little short film and show it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't uh, see why you wouldn't. Cinemas, absolutely. That's his job too. Yeah, yeah that is yeah. my job. Like <laughs> looking at festivals, like what are the requirements, what ones mm. we can get into, yeah. what ones we can't. Uh, like for example, if you have had an official premiere there are some festivals that will lock you out because like you've had it on the big screen, you've had it in front of audiences. Interesting. So you have to make the decision between whether you want to premiere it or premiere the film festival. Yeah, which is why like we do have the premiere um, and at first it was going to be like a friend and family one. It was going to be like, you know, a bit of a hush-hush. But eventually we were just kind of like, because I have been researching recently about all the different festivals and I wasn't actually finding many. There were a couple, but not many where they actually locked you out just because it was in a cinema. Yeah. And I think... Which a is a strange them, requirement, really. it, it is a bit. I don't quite understand why they're like... I, I guess you do, because well, it, like... It, it's strange, because you want your friends and family that have been waiting the entire year to see what you've been doing and get to see on a big screen. It's like yeah. it's a bit unfair for them to have to wait God knows how long until it's done the festival run. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it also it starts getting quite technical once <clears throat> you get to that stage, because like some festivals, they... They see in cinemas as like as like you know a weekly schedule. It's box office. Right. It's got all the different mm. things, advertisements, everything. And others are just like you've shown it in a cinema. Yeah, right. And it's about finding which ones are meaning what because once you submit it and you send the money, I don't think you get that back. So no. if you don't pay attention to um, yeah, deposit, the festivals, really. all the different requirements, uh, there is a potential. Like I'm sure some of them would be nice about it, but I have heard that a, a few festivals just, they're like, you weren't following guidelines, like you did not get through, yeah. but you've paid money to submit it. Yeah. So that's mm. what it's done. And mm. Yeah. Right. Wow. Mm. Um, do you want to talk about sound design a little bit? Mm. Um, yeah. Keep in I mean, mind. That is your job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither of us are experts in the field, just so no. you know. <laughs> yeah, right. So when did you s- start sound design then? So you'd mm. filmed it. 
edited and then sound yeah. design kind of that, started. That's, yeah, you film. Yeah, yeah. You, so, you go through the editing stage and you pretty much just wait until it's all locked off. Mm. Then you pass it over to color grading. Or at least we sound. tried to. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so. We had a couple difficulties there, which we can cover if you would like. Absolutely. Please. <laughs> okay. Please. Difficulties are where we thrive. Yeah. <laughs> so traditionally, you're supposed to have a locked film and the sound design. Um, we decided to, to help with that. Um, we got certain scenes that weren't filmed in time, so we had to have blanks parts, but there was also a whole intro thing that we didn't get filmed either. We had to film that later. Um, so we were constantly kind of going backwards and forwards. A few times we had to um, change some of the footage for the, for the while we were in the sound design stage, and we had to go back and... Okay, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be, but it's um, no. well, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And we uh, there were certain scenes we probably should have got shot a lot sooner, but yeah, nah. Um, it kind of messes with the whole workflow and stuff. But but in in the defense of the editing team and the sound design, um, we had a couple of complications with scheduling when mm. it came towards our official shoot, which mm. was I think. Oh, the sixth of July to the thirteenth. Oh, that's a whole other can of worms too. Yeah, we, we had a um, we had a situation where certain actors couldn't make it, and we had to kind of switch with different crews, mm-hmm. and therefore that actually put us on this accelerated timeline, right? Because all the pre uh, post production stuff, the university locked, so whatever we were in, we were in, right? So when we swapped out with a different crew, what we actually did to ourselves was that. We were the last ones filming, but we were the first ones that had to bring in finished items. Mm. And that's where it kind of created this like bottleneck situation where we kind of put pressure on the departments to kind of push out stuff a little quicker, yep. which is why some things had to kind of go back later on, uh, which isn't, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm sure they do it in like the bigger industries, like you have to go back. Because obviously there are complications. Once oh yeah, you get they're constantly the just back and forth and changing yeah. things in the industry. All like the time. Y- you think sound will work with one shot, but you actually then have to take a different take because something's not clicking or yeah. you've missed a certain aspect of it. Yeah, and it ha- it just happens. But um, not, I not think great practice. Not not great practice to do it. But mm. in the end, I think our team handled it quite well. Yeah, because um, we did. Yes, would you like to say something? Oh no no no, you go first. No. <laughs> we I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but yes, yeah, sound design, what other questions do you have? Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah it's well, back on track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was just, I was also going to say, I have worked on a film where mm. it's gone back and forward between sound, and I was the sound designer. And it's we we weren't proud of it. We tried back to and forward it. between <laughs> editing and sound design. Please don't hit me. And yeah, it is a bit of a nightmare. Mm. Um, I just realised that. Yeah, go fix it then. Oh, I'm talking though. Yeah, well... Um, <laughs> So you you would have had a lot to yeah you go you would have had a lot to do with or you would have been to a lot of those sound design sessions no doubt what kind of stuff did they have around to come up with all like the foley and like medieval sound um were were there any really strange things that you're like what is this doing here oh so in terms of just like what we found during the making of the filming. Or no, like I think he like means like what you've added in, like <laughs> the different things that Stephen uh, Stephen Fennell, our sound designer, yeah. great bloke. Uh, there's different things <laughs> that he Steven. used to create <laughs> the sounds, so like the Foley effect. Yeah, uh, like sword well, I remember one of the big things our one of our lecturers was talking to us about because he's uh, he's worked on uh, quite done sound design quite a lot. He mostly specialises in directing, but he had a nice history in sound design. Mm. Uh, he, he he goes on about this. Uh, expectation versus reality and it's like 
the reality of what something sounds like isn't quite often what audiences have come to expect in your films. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, what's an example? Uh, <laughs> an example, I think I remember being that because uh, our uh, sound effect artist, he had like actual steel swords in his house that oh, he wow. clashed in his backyard to kind of simulate that, and he did it numerous times to create different versions mm-hmm. of the sound. Mm-hmm. And then that we came wrong. in with the san- uh, with that guy, and he was like, "Expectation versus reality. Actual sword clashes are not what you expect to hear. Yeah, what you would expect to hear is something like two spoons hitting together." And we all were a bit stumped by that, where we're like, "But we have actual swords doing <laughs> what it's intended to do." And then we listened to it back, and it kind of made sense. Yeah, mm. it mm. yeah, it is just mm. that kind of reality gap between. What yeah. you expect actual things to sound like and what it's been ingrained in your head yeah. through various films and various things you've seen. Mm. Yeah. It just kind so of sound design's oh. been a huge learning curve for me on this film. Absolutely. Like especially. Um, there's like there's a, a, a part in the film where a certain character loses a finger and oh, trying wow. to get the sound of a sword hitting the hilt of a sword and then the, the, the noise of that finger coming off. Mm. It's like we couldn't, there was like mu- like, a, like two months where we just couldn't get that sound to sound right. Mm. <laughs> just sound effects <laughs> are weird. Uh, oh, what else was there? As uh, Footsteps. Um, I noticed that because the main characters like these uh, 13-year-old kids, um, they'd naturally be a lot lighter on their feet. A sound designer <laughs> used his own shoes, so all the footsteps sound a lot heavier than they should have. We had to go back and work on that too. Um, gosh, what other things did we bump into? Uh, I think um, doing the the battle cries and all oh, the, the oh, fighting. Oh, that was another oh, big one. Fun. Like yeah. I, going into it, I kind of just thought, okay, well, there's a big siege happening in the background. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> that we don't get to see for obvious budget reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... What do you mean? It totally happened. We, we just forgot to look at it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just looking over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Suddenly the table was really interesting. <laughs> I'll try to let him down easy. Look at the battle map. Look at the battle map. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of naturally went to that being like, oh yeah, there's stuff happening in the background. We'll just wing it. And they were like, no, okay, you've really got to go into depth about what kind of story's happening in the background of your story. So me and the sound designer had to actually go into a room and actually kind of map out what different things are happening. And then like, I suppose it's not too much to bring up in the interview. Um, There was like, we had a thing where it was originally just people screaming and yelling and sword fighting and stuff and running around. And it was like, it was just random. It obviously sounded random. But then once we mapped out this story of, okay, well some horses like are let out of this, um, this stable and they're running rampant through the castle and people are getting bumped into and um, certain people are getting chased, soldiers are clashing at a certain point. We actually mapped out a story in the background and that really actually fleshed out the sound design and made the, the atmosphere actually feel really real. And now when I think you watch it, it doesn't really feel like we've just slapped on background sound. It actually yeah. feels like there's something else happening mm. where we're not... And it's a shame. Like, we really wanted... Like, we were trying to get knights and stuff in the film where there was a point where we were getting really close, but there was yeah. a certain... There, there were various we points where we tried to get in these different, like, yeah. armour groups and people that would come in with swords and stuff and fight for us. And on numerous times, we got quite close to getting it, but then there were barriers such as uh, some of them... Uh, they were like teamed up with bigger projects. Like some of them came to us and were like, "Yeah, we're with like we're, we're with Netflix. You can't really afford us." We were like, "Understandable, yada yada." Right. <laughs> like we're a student film. We cannot afford much. We did get onto one group. 
um, where originally we were told it was going to be they come in, they do the sword fights, we give them a good meal because we were obviously cooking big meals on set. Yeah. We give them this big meal, they do some sword fight for us and then they go home. Very professional. And then Very professional. <laughs> towards the, I think it was two weeks before shoot, two weeks before shoot, um, we're like messaging, checking in like, hey, you know, like very happy to have you. Like uh, what, what you kind of lunch? meal, what, <laughs> do you, what do you guys want? Uh, and then they came back and they're like, uh, yeah, very excited. Um, what's our pay looking like? And I just kind of we, we stopped were, for yeah. a second. We, we, I was like, we, we were put oh. in touch with them through a stunt guy we worked with. Yeah. Um, so we were heard, heard different things. But um, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a whole another big topic of just trying to find reenactors to help with the film. Mm. Mm. Um yeah, Which I, th- I think in the end we did quite well. Mm. Not with um, people such as, because we didn't get a whole lot of people outside of the cohort besides actors mm. and a few extras. Um, but in terms of props, there was a very lovely um, reenactment group uh, called Riverhaven. They uh, work on the north side. They're a little group that just kind of get together every week and map out and have a bit of fun with it. And mm. we were very... It sounds really bad, but because COVID and everything was happening, uh, the Abbey Festival, one of the biggest kind of medieval festivals that happens around Brisbane, uh, was cancelled. Right. And from that, we were then able to kind of step in and um, be given a lot of resources because it was no longer be able to use. It was a very sad thing, but it did benefit us in a way that... Yeah. I, was we a bit, I was a bit torn. I wanted to go to the Abbey Festival this yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, were, you were actually quite keen. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> but, yeah, so... What Mitch is trying to say is that because the Abbey failed, <laughs> we got some extra help. <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. lucky. Uh, but we, we got stuff that actually fleshed it out a lot more, which yeah. um, helped all the kind of departments. The, the really sad irony is I think out of the dozens of reenactment groups we contacted, I think most of them were too busy planning for the Abbey Festival for the year. That actually was, yeah. And then, of course, it got cancelled like a week before and it's like... You couldn't have cancelled that like a month or two ago, so we could have more time to get yeah. in contact with these people and be like, okay, well, you're not doing the Abbey thing anymore. Yeah. Would this be a nice alternative? The, the dreaded yeah. Rona distracts the end at the worst mm. possible time. And yeah. I, I thought it would have been a really good opportunity to actually kind of show that um, reenactment groups can kind of come together as a community and build a really awesome medieval film. Yeah, but clearly not. Like, so. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Maybe they'll see this film and have second thoughts and be like, oh, okay, maybe we'll come back for the sequel. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Um, getting that those resources and yeah. help was tricky, but we did get we did, for Riverhaven. They were amazing. Yeah. We got costumes, um, bits of armor, um, even the art department and the costume. They got some things we weren't even expecting, bits of armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to sound, yeah, um, well, actually, <laughs> like le- leading back into sound, using those extra bits um, actually helped us kind of, yeah with the sound design as well, because it was stuff like the, the chain mail. We got mm. given some lovely pieces of chain mail, which... <laughs> some, of that we, plate, some of that plate armour sounded really bad on the mics, I'm just going to say right now. Yeah. <laughs> we had to do a bit of sound design for that. But, with, <laughs> but without those pieces, I feel that we would have lost a certain element, because yeah. obviously I'm yeah. sure you know, like you've done these kind of projects before, it's all about the layering, mm. putting the different things on top of each other, and just having those little things like the foot movement, the chain mail, uh, the little kinks when a sword hits like a little piece of armor or something like that those are the things that make Mm. it realistic and help flesh out the entire kind of story for when people watch it yeah Yeah. and i apologize i don't have much else to talk about with sound i'm not much of an expert (laughs) on that (laughs) if i had my sound designer here he could probably talk for hours (laughs) (laughs) very more questions though far away though 
Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Well, <laughs> well so the, and the music as well, that wasn't done by your sound designer, that was someone else? Um, no. A certain man called Joshua Robinson, mm. which you guys might no know. Way. Yeah, oh, Josh. What? But we all went to school with each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. We probably should have mentioned that. I, I see, my time to leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh did the music and um, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, I brought him onto a project I worked on as a cinematographer last year and he did the music for that, which was a sci-fi um, yeah. This was a challenge for him because he's had to go from what he's used to on this sci-fi film, which is a lot of electronic plink plonk hip hop. Mm. Yeah, um, well, not hip hop, but he's like he mostly does hip hop music. Have you guys ever heard his work? I haven't. I've, I have. Yeah, yeah I know it's kind of more. There was a, that was an easy transition into electronic sci-fi style music, which he did for our film last year. This year, he's had a real big challenge, and so much props to him. It's taken him a while, but he's he's really made the music yeah. something. I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing it. Um, he's managed to kind of use what he's learned from that and kind of transition it into trying to make his digital like work um, translate into like organic medieval sounding instruments because I was really hammering on that it needs to be it needs to sound like a medieval um, song and he's just like I've all I've got is a computer and a keyboard. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, no, he's it's really impressive work he's done mm. and this most recent music he sent in was up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, no, nah, but it's, yeah, he had a fun time trying to do the music for this film. And, uh, yeah, no, nah, looking forward to working with him again. Mm, yeah. Well, move, let's awesome. move away. We've got like probably 15, 20 left, I think, yeah, give or take. 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, 15. Um, in this last little 15, I want to talk a little bit more about like the general creativity of yeah, you guys. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit each about your creative journey, kind of like what makes you excited what's like what do you look forward to what's the one thing that like gets you so excited about creating films every day yeah well i uh honestly there was a part this year where i was kind of stressed out of my mind and i was like oh, do i really want to do film <laughs> and i but then i kind of like being on set because i think i learned quite a lot about directing in between our practice so the have you guys ever heard of a proof of concept yeah yeah, we did a proof of concept, which I will, I'll be the first one to admit, wasn't the best director on that. Um, <laughs> but you learned a lot from that. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, my uh, lecturer, too, put me onto a really awesome book called uh, Directing Actors um, by, um, mm. oh gosh, this is embarrassing. I don't remember her name. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really good book, yeah. Directing Actors. I uh, really learned a lot from that book. And um, even on the proof of concept, I really got to learn a lot about working with actors. And um, I kind of, on the second, like the actual full filming on principle for the, um, I feel like I kind of, as cheesy as it sounds, I think I kind of rediscovered what got me into film in the first place. There was, I could feel myself actually being comfortable as a director and giving direction and working with the actors. I, I love working with actors. Um, I, I felt like I was able to give better direction and like because of that, through the comfortableness of that, I was able to explore characters a lot more and get into the um, the nitty gritty, the emotions and the scene and stuff. And <laughs> it was uh, one day, it was like one of the really emotional scenes uh, where our lead actor, Tira, had to like just tear up for this scene. I freaking lo lost it behind the camera. <laughs> like I, after this little bit of direction I gave her, I got really into the emotions of this scene and I'm just standing behind the camera and I'm crying. And I think, <laughs> I think in that moment I was like, this is, this is why I got into film. It's like, yeah. I get to tell stories that I wouldn't otherwise get to live. Um, and you can kind of, as a director, I feel like I can kind of immerse myself in that story a little bit and just, yeah, nah. Um, oh, don't tell anyone I told you guys this but right. the cinematographer <laughs> also 
cried a little bit too. He didn't Ooh. admit that until after, but him and I are crying. And then we, we called Card and Tira just turns around and is like, are you guys crying? <laughs> man up. And I was like, oh, I mean, you were just, whatever. Okay. Uh, next scene, that was a print or whatever. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, um, yeah. So basically I thought there was a moment where I was going to, like, I wasn't sure why I was doing this. And I, I discovered that I really, truly, and like, even after it's all said and done, all the burnout, all of it, I just, I've loved working this film so much and I've loved seeing all the crew grow through this experience and um, I just can't wait until my next film. And um, someone's moving to England and won't be able to produce for me. Uh, I told you, I'll be your overseas distributor. Oh yeah, true. Uh, I'll be all through Europe. But that's the best I'm going to be able to do. Tell us about your journey. My journey? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think... This is going to sound cheesy, but my journey begins... It's, it's always going to be cheesy. It's always, it's always the be. cheese. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, back in high school, it used to be that... Um, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't the most social kid back in those days. None I, of us were. None of us were. I used to spend most of my lunchtime sitting in the library reading books and yeah. different stories. And I think f- it was from there <laughs> that I started kind of taking these different stories and... Um, either putting myself in them and kind of changing the way that it happened or I would take the elements from the story and just kind of construe it and change it and kind of make it something fresh. And from there, I just kind of developed this, like, urge to take everything that I see and kind of funnel it through and make it different Mm -hmm. stories for different kind of meanings uh, and once I got into film, I really found exactly where I kind of wanted to be in terms of um, producing where, I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit of a control freak. So where <laughs> You're I not can- a control freak? What are you talking about? <laughs> a certain director wasn't doing his job properly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I having to be the person that everyone goes to, be the person that can help fix all the problems yeah. by kind of reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. I like that because I can help them create a better picture. Um, and then also with script writing, um, I found that it helped me visualize and express the stories that I've wanted to express quite well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm at this point where I want to make my own scripts and make my own stories and kind of put them out there to the big companies, uh, which I am trying to do currently. Um, and if I can also kind of take on not an executive producer because they're more of like the funding and the backlog yeah. and everything. Um, but I would like to be at some point like writing scripts and then gathering a crew, a yeah. director, like all the different pieces and kind of so overviewing the project. Cause like Matt said with his <laughs> directing, like mm. it's about, I have the vision but the director and that will have the specific kind of eyes mm. for what's going to look good on the screen, yeah. whereas I have the image of the story and How the bigger picture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Awesome. Oh, those are some really nice answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wholesome hours. I really like that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I will ask two more things. Go for it. You can um, ask as much as you want. Unless you have anything else you want to bring up. I kind of, but that can be for the very end if we have time. All right, we'll go, mm. we'll go right to the end. Um, 
If there was one thing that you could say to someone who's either just starting their creative journey or just starting mm. to take it seriously, mm. um, let's say particularly someone who's interested in film, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. It can be as big or as small as you want. It can be as small as eat wheat bix for breakfast. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, for the twenty-five percent of US listeners, um, <laughs> wheat bix is a breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Get some wheat bix; they're good for you. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I think I'll probably just speak from my own kind of mental journey. Yeah. I think if you're going to go on a film, do it because you really. It's, you, it's it's like your lifeline you can't like everything else doesn't really like for me I feel like I, I only really get fulfillment out of film every other kind of work I've never really um, definitely just if you feel like it's you need it you need to do it just do it um, that's my advice I guess um, there's you might not always end up in the role you thought you were going to go into when you went into like planning your film out. Like I was thinking I was going to be a camera guy or something or a cinematographer when going into this and I turned out directing, which I never expected, like straight out of school. I never expected to be a director. But um, you'll really kind of discover where you, your calling is in the film industry when you're on set, I think, um, and then like kind of learn about yourself and how you act in stressful situations. But uh, yeah, no, um, I definitely just say, yeah, you've got to really just care about it because it's an uphill battle the film industry you're not going to get like the work you want straight away and it's not going to be easy but i think every day spending time trying to find that that creative job you want is a lot better than just not trying at all so mm-hmm. yeah that's mm. yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's, awesome. that's good mm. no. uh, i'd probably say more along the lines of if you have an idea or you have this story yeah. Don't let people put you down and don't let them like talk you out of what you want to create. Yeah. If you have something that you want to do and it's something that you've been like nourishing and trying to develop just because one group doesn't like the idea or doesn't think that it's going to work, it doesn't mean that everywhere you go you're going to find the same reaction. Mm. There will mm. always be people that love an idea and people that do not. What you have to do is persevere and try and find the people that will actually help you develop it more and fix it rather than push you down and try to get you to move on. Yeah, It's like one of my script writing teachers, uh, Simon Taylor. He's a very lovely man. Um, he was always telling me about uh, rejection letters and acceptance letters and how you will always get more rejection letters than acceptance letters when it comes to writing scripts or promoting ideas and films. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be prepared for a very uh, kind of steep up battle uh, because it can be very taxing, obviously, getting 20, 30, 50 rejection emails in a week. Yeah. But once you get that one acceptance letter, that's it. You're set. You're good to go. You can finally progress with your mm. life. It's just about getting to that point and not quitting because you don't think you're good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those are fantastic. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you want to ask your last thing? No, you go. <laughs> yeah, Don't be shy. Just oh. ask away. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is not, I guess, related, really. But <laughs> if there was one thing, um, or one one role, or one thing within your job, so director and producer, mm. that you didn't have to do, or that you really, really hated, what would it be? Oh. 
That's a fun question. Mine's working with him. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to think about that now. You got me thinking. Mm. Uh, Hmm. Hmm. I guess, I guess, I I don't know. I I think I enjoyed everything in my role. I think it was everything that wasn't my job that I had to do. Uh, (laughs) Like trying to help track down locations nonstop. Mm. And that was, chewing was, up a lot of my time. I was going to say budget, but then I was like, yeah, that's not technical. Locations. Anyway. <laughs> uh, no, I can't. I, in, in my job in particular, if that's what you mean, I can't think of anything I didn't enjoy. I think I, even the writing is as tough as it can be for me sometimes. I get a kick out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's my answer. Yeah. I cool. don't consider it something I hate, but um, like after a while, being the person that everyone goes to, uh, it's not that it gets taxing, it's that you've got so many of the different situations happening at the same time that you can sometimes get your wires crossed. Yeah. Mm. So sometimes I'll like I'll go to one person and be like, hey, you know, I've got this to fix that. And they're like, I don't know what the fuck you're on You've got about. me three times a week, just be like, Mitch. Yeah, please. <laughs> things like that. Um, so like I wouldn't say cut it out completely, but I'd say like perhaps like what I'm, what I'm thinking of doing in the future is um, having a personal phone and a work phone yeah. and mm. funneling everything into the work phone so it doesn't affect yeah. me when I'm in personal time. Smart. Mm. And doing something like that, I think, would kind of make me yeah. not not hate, but like not get begrudging and a bit tired from yeah. it a bit less, yeah. yeah. I am awesome. currently in the process of doing the exact same thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smart. Um, all right, well, we'll yeah, finish great. up. We've got Good timing. a couple more minutes. So hey, we go. I will we could, say we can plug the trailer in here. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, no, you know what we'll do? We'll put a we'll put a link right in the description. Mm. Um, by the time this episode is out, it will be coming out tomorrow night. Okay. Um, so if you are in Brisbane, there are still tickets available. Um, I'll put a link for the booking in the description as well. Um, mm. It is in New Farm, um, and there are three sessions. Three sessions. Yes. Three sessions starting at six o'clock. Yes, six, I believe. Six, six forty and seven thirty. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Great. Wow, <laughs> we're pretty good. sure we organised it, but we're only yeah. kind of sure. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. If you come to the later one, we'll probably be there. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Meet and greet. So, upstage. Bring some posters along. Get some signatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Table at the banners. Um, no, before we finish though, I wanted to ask, um, mm. is there anything that you want to talk about that hasn't come up? Mm. Anything that you were like on the drive over here, you were like, man, that'd be, that'd be a really fun story to tell or that would be really, you know, inspirational. You don't both have to have something, but if, you know, if there is something. Oh gosh, no, my free. life is just a big ball of boring. I've got nothing to share. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't oh, mind uh, discussing how many locations we slept in. All right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I could up. say that mm. I am planning on doing more film work next yep. year. I'm in, currently in the middle of writing a sci-fi, Fantastic. and I'm Ooh. pretty excited about it. I think there's an interesting Australian theme in there that I mm-hmm. want to touch on. Um, I have a bit of Aboriginal themes in there too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get in contact with some people to make sure I'm doing that story justice. Yeah. But um, I'm really looking forward to that project. And um, if there's any aspiring filmmakers out there. We always need extra film crew, so... Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, <laughs> I'm uh, already quite booked out, but if you need a DP... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> no, awesome. Um, yeah, how, give, give us the number. That'll be our closer. How many places did you sleep in? 
<laughs> and how many <laughs> how many was, rocks did you sleep under? I think it was three different locations we found people sleeping in. Two of them were people sleeping overnight, and on our third location, because our days were going to like three three thirty a.m. Yeah, we found people occasionally sleeping in like the back rooms. <laughs> <laughs> we we once found like this group of five people. They're all like snuggled up to each other in the corner just having a nap that's cute yeah, like wow. in, in between setup time and filming time we're all just like you've earned it we're gonna let you <laughs> <laughs> we had a crew was hour. Close. we'll come get you later <laughs> <laughs> we're still doing lighting you guys are fine <laughs> <Pretty much, yeah. laughs> oh that's great i tell you what uh the first in our proof of concept we slept at a campsite yeah about 20 minutes from location <laughs> that was you would not be able to get any cast to do that again no one had a good time doing that yeah you know what fair enough the cinematographer was so sick of it on the second night he just booked a hotel down the road (laughs) and he was like yo Matt there's still one bed left I'm like (laughs) 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 director privileges I need the rest (laughs) yeah we had people booking hotels we had some people going like I'm actually going to do the two hours drive each way wow I was just it was crazy fair enough (laughs) I respect it (laughs) good on him oh wow wow. right. Um, well first of all where can people find you guys Gosh. Not physically, but <laughs> online. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I have an IMDB now where you can mm-hmm. find all the different projects I'm working and have worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, Matt. What do you I want? mean, you set up my IMDB, so thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to set it up, but you put me on there. Yeah, so <laughs> Matt, Matthew's name is on there. Uh, eventually, he'll put a picture on there so you can kind of link the face to the name. But obviously, look for Matthew King and Henrietta and you'll find your way there. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Cool. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we have a little tradition on the show uh, to finish yes. it off. We've um, done it with four people before. We've never done it Man. with four people. So I'm thinking, Joe, I'm yep. thinking okay. we go one, two, three, button. Okay. Are we, are we, or we can just go no, let's one, just do two, four. three. Let's just do four? No, this way, because guests always go last. Well, I, okay. hope you, I hope you're on my right. team because so I don't I'll know what's first. going on. Okay, okay, <laughs> no, okay. So at the end of every episode, we say bye. Um, the way that we do it is we go down the line. So we go okay. bye, bye. Normally we go bye, bye. Bye, and then we press the button, which is our little outro. Right. Um, but because there's four of us, we're going to go bye, 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 bye. Okay? Okay. Are we going to press the button? <laughs> no, we Sorry, we've we never done this with four people. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to. We'll wing it. We'll wing it. That's what we're good at. Okay, okay, okay. So we're going to go, we're going to go bye, 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 and then we're going to press the button, and then that's it. All right? All right. So okay. if there's anything you want to say before we finish, <laughs> yeah. th- this is the moment. <laughs> Thank you for having us on the show. It's been a good fun time. Yeah, no, Thank you for coming great, on. Actually, you had yeah. a great time. I'm so excited. <laughs> Please bring us back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll, um, give you, I'll give you an overseas call. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, potentially episode 100 is coming up. So we're Ooh, thinking ah. of doing a little something something yeah. with all the prior guests. Um, so we don't know what that's going to be yet. And this is the first time I'm mentioning it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the first time I mentioned to me. No, so no. We, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is your it's his idea it's his one. but we'll see we'll see where we go so okay. anyway awesome well I will do the little outro and then we'll do the bye byes alright <laughs> thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of the thank Fro you. Show we hope we got you to wherever you were going safely and we are looking forward to seeing you next week mm-hmm. thank you so much bye 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 that was beautiful <laughs> well done well done boys well done that was good fun <laughs> I thought I was going to crumble. No, it goes, it goes really quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That does not feel like an hour. No. Yeah, that was an hour.